0: And candidates in states with razor thin margins. Listen to Build the Change Now wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
2: Welcome to Democracy-Ish. I'm Danielle Moody.
3: And I'm Major Telee.
2: And we find ourselves today, this week, uh, at this moment, in probably one of the most um, jarring, grief-stricken, existential moment that I I will say, Waj, that I have been in in several years. And that is saying a lot. Uh, about where we are and where humanity is at this moment, um there is a war uh that is being waged uh and I would argue that the war is being waged for humanity right now um, between just evil uh, I don't know how else to say it, but um so folks, we're going to. Talk today, uh, as Waj and I do, um, about what we are seeing, what we're understanding, and what, more importantly, we are feeling uh, in this moment as people who are looked to for our analysis and our critique um, and our thoughts on politics that happen in this country and around the world.
3: You know, Danielle, it, it's a situation where I feel like this is a test for the global community and our. Uh, collective humanity. And specifically, what we're witnessing uh, is an ongoing tragedy. The start date was not last week. Uh, and it's a situation where what people say, oh, both sides. Uh, no, it's the story of Israel and Palestine. It is connected. You cannot talk about Israel without talking about the occupation. You cannot talk about the future of Israeli security without talking about the future of. Palestinian security, it is interlocked. And what we're seeing in the most tragic fashion is, and let's be honest here, the world forgot about Palestinians, United States, Israel, and Arab nations, right? They're like, eh, it's the status quo. We'll let 2.2 million people in the Gaza Strip, which has been compared by pretty much every single uh, humanitarian organization as an open air prison, Daniel. 2.2 mm-hmm. 2 million people stuffed in like, the space of Rhode Island, okay? Mm -hmm. Uh, Surrounded by all sides, okay? So people, you know, uh, the the Israel's uh, uh, defenders uh, who are completely incapable of being uh, self-critical say, oh, well, they removed the settlements. Okay, where can 2.2 million Gazans go? In the south, blockaded because of Egypt. In the north, Israel, on the left, there's a small thing called the Mediterranean Sea. And who controls the air, the land, and the sea? Israel. The conditions are so bad, folks. They're so bad that 90% of the drinking water is contaminated. Mm-hmm. 50% of the population's children. You have an a, a unemployment rate of 60%. Uh, generation after generation has just endured trauma and war. And now you're seeing, you've know, always heard people say, well, turn it into a parking lot. Uh, we're going to flatten Gaza. Okay, if you flatten Gaza to punish Hamas, Hamas is not the Palestinians. Palestinians are not Hamas. Who's going to die, Daniel? when 2.2 million people cannot escape, when you flatten Gaza and you use language like this, what happens? People die. And then I will say this, and look how easy it is, folks. Hamas is a violent, militant organization that is committing war crimes, that has failed the Palestinian people, and is killing Israeli civilians. It does nothing to bring security and peace to the Palestinian people. It does nothing to bring security and peace to Israelis. If You have any moral consistency, if you claim to care about children, then your heart should bleed when you see a dead Israeli kid or a dead Palestinian kid. But if you look at Palestinians and see them as Hamas, who are worthy of being flattened and turn into a parking lot, if you say things like, well, Palestinians have died (laughs) and Israelis have been killed, if you say stuff like, well, Israel has a right to respond to this latest terrorist attack in any way they wish, in any shape or form, without restraint, then Danielle, are you not a participant in genocidal language? And are you not a participant in genocidal policies? And what does that say about you and your morality? If I'm wrong, tell me I'm wrong.
2: So here is what I will start with, which is you are not wrong. And here is what I will offer, and this is what I have said recently on my solo show, Woke AF, and I will say again here, which is that where we find ourselves when you are looking, to your point, at photos, videos of desecrated bodies of Israelis— of desecrated bodies of Palestinians. And for one, your heart weeps. And for the other, it is numb. Mm. You are being played. That's right. Because humanity and a care for humanity is to recognize that the violence that is being perpetrated, aided and abetted by Violent and greedy politicians with their own immoral agendas is what is feeding you right now on your social media platforms, feeding you through corporate media structures. Because to look at the desecrated bodies and to not feel the deepest sense of grief, regardless of how those people pray regardless of how they love, regardless of what they look like, regardless of how they identify, is to align yourself with propagandists and those that are so depraved in their mind and their body and soul that they see no interconnectedness that you offered at the top. Because the fact is, is There are people right now who are imminently connected to the trauma that is unfolding. Whether they are European Jews, American Jews, African Jews, whether they are Palestinians that are sprinkled around the world, people who are connected to the Muslim faith and are looking at what is happening. And are just in shock and in horror. The fact is that we should all understand that our humanity is intertwined. And it's what we spend so much time talking about on this show that it isn't just a conversation about democracy or democracy ish. It is about what kind of world do we want to be a part of. Right. And so when I see people, And I said this on my my other show, when I see nation states turning their significant statues and buildings blue in solidarity with Israel, the question that I ask is what color is humanity? Because that's the color that should be portrayed on every building. That's the avatar that should be put up. What is that color? Because To support and to watch this, as somebody had said uh, on on social media, as if you're watching a video game and you're arguing with people on social media as if this is like a sport Mm. and you're choosing a side is the epitome of dehumanization and depravity. Yeah. So I I really, I, I say to people that if you cannot... In the same way that Mammy Till, Emmett Till's mother, opened his coffin to show the world the brutality of white supremacy, that her son's life mattered just as much as a white child's life. If you can't see that broken, beheaded, abused bodies are human souls, then I don't know what to say. But I do know that you are trapped in a vicious loop of propaganda and you have to ask yourself for whose good does that serve? From the New Yorker staff writer, Vincent Cunningham, a keenly observed novel of a young black man searching for his place in the world amidst a moment of historic change. Great Expectations is about David's 18 months working for the senator's presidential campaign. Along the way, David meets a myriad of people who raise a set of questions, questions of history, art, race, religion, and fatherhood that force David to look at his own life anew and come to terms with his identity as a young black man and father in America. Inspired by the author's experiences working on Obama's 2008 presidential campaign, Cunningham uses a political campaign as his narrative backbone. Great Expectations will be one of the talked about novels of the year, Colin McCann. Great Expectations is available wherever books are sold.
0: Hey, I'm Aloak, the host of Build the Change a brand-new podcast from MacBlue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves, real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now, wherever you get your podcasts.
3: And it's in service of extremism. And when you say you're being played, I want to bring it back domestically for a second, Daniel. Um, We forget that the United States remains uh israel's biggest supporter militarily financially diplomatically right our tax dollars in part go to maintain the occupation of millions of palestinians who according not to me even though i've been there and daniel's been there but these are the words of israelis themselves international human rights uh organizations jimmy carter a desmond Tutu. apartheid conditions folks Two different unequal laws for two different people. Uh, In the occupied territories, Israelis live under Israeli law and Palestinians live under military law, right? In Gaza in particular, it is a humanitarian crisis. It is absolutely brutal, unlivable conditions, all right? So you ask yourself, okay, who does this serve? Does it serve justice? No. People will say it serves security. So then I say, okay, prove to me, Danielle, that these Mm -hmm. atrocious conditions have helped security. Benjamin Netanyahu, the far-right corrupt uh, leader of uh, Israel, says, I am the security leader. I'm going to fill my cabinet with the most far-right people who care about security. This includes the finance minister, who, by the way, openly said that he is a proud fascist homophobe. His quote. But he won't stone gaze, Daniel. He won't stone gaze. Mm. Uh, This includes the... National Security Minister Ben Gavir, another proud fascist a accahanist with a history uh, of inciting violence against Palestinians, right? We have been taught Israel is you know the the Middle East's only democracy. Israel has the world's greatest security. Israel needs the occupation. You you and I have gone there before, we've heard from Israelis, we need the settlements. The settlements help secure uh, our safety. Okay, Daniel. Show me and prove to me that this extremism has made us more secure. Mm -hmm. Show me and prove to me as the result of this week that this has actually helped us. On the flip side, in America, well, not on the flip side, on the same side, we have heard the same rope-a-dope from the right wing and MAGA. Show Mm -hmm. me how they've made us more secure. Look what's happening in the House right now. They freaking, oh, just as of today, they nominate Steve Scalise, uh, who referred to himself as Dave Duke, David Duke, yes, the former Grand Wizard of the KKK, he referred to himself as David Duke without the baggage, Mm all right? You have Donald Trump sitting with Nick Fuentes, the leader of white nationalists, right? Mm -hmm. And you have the promotion of the anti-Semitic conspiracy, the replacement theory that says that Jews are using you and me, Daniel, black and brown people to uh, weaken and replace Western civilization, which has led to terrorist attacks against black people, against Jews, against Muslims and Latinos. And we see people here inflamed, as you said, traumatized people, going straight up genocidal, otherwise sane people that you and I know on social media. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting here thinking, number one, you're losing your humanity based on what we've said. And number two, you don't realize you are being played. And it is a divide and conquer technique. And these same forces that are using you and your sympathy right now will turn on you. And so for democracy-ish in this particular podcast, I think I would like to use this time to 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 send a warning to folks and, and an invitation. Don't fall for it. Breathe. Tap into your humanity. It is okay. You will not lose anything if you condemn the violent actions of, of Hamas or the violent actions of Israel's government against Palestinians. You will have the moral high ground people. It is okay. To demand to the end of the occupation. And it is okay to call out the hypocritical, especially right-wing politicians who love Israel. But eh, the Jews, not so much. And they're using this to divide our communities during the rise of white supremacy and extremism. And you said something in your in your in a really beautiful video uh, that you released uh earlier today, and I believe it was you, Daniel, uh, that you know, when you went to uh, Israel and Palestine, you went a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, As a black queer woman, you know, it hits you. You're like, oh, I recognize this. Yeah. I recognize this injustice.
2: Yeah. And, you know, what what I will say, which is the same thing that I said in the video, folks, which we will put a link into in the show description, is um, I am not an expert in the Middle East. I am not an expert in foreign relations. Um, I am not an expert in Israeli politics. I'm not an expert in Palestinian politics. What I am an expert in is being a Black queer woman. What I am an expert in is understanding and recognizing injustice um, and being a part of a marginalized Mm. community. And what I saw and what I felt and what I had to unpack after my 2015 trip that I went uh, with a journalist uh, delegation group um, to Israel and Palestine was a cross between apartheid and Jim Crow mm. that I have never seen or experienced outside of history books and museums that the places that I visited, and I was had the great fortune to meet activists. Um Israeli activists, Palestinian activists to speak with members of the Knesset um to really get a better understanding of how to tell this story responsibly mm. um in the United States with the platforms that each of us had that were on that trip, and I will tell you that I have never seen such despair in the faces of people. Mm than I witnessed when traveling through the West Bank and East Jerusalem. The grief and the sadness and the conditions that folks are forced to live in and endure. And just so people are clear, that America loves to say to people, you don't like it here, get up and go. Pack up your bags, leave, right? We don't want you. That's, That's one of the favorite lines of folks on the right.
3: Where are Gazans going to go?
2: And what I say is they're not allowed to leave. That's what it means to have no self-determination. That's what it means to literally... We talk about on this show, as we're watching the freedom of movement be taken away from people with wombs and uteruses in this country, that is times a thousand and a million percentage points in Palestine, in Gaza. You cannot leave, right? Don't you think that if you saw bombs coming in and bodies everywhere, that the first thing that you would do is try and get the hell out, except for them, like you said, In Gaza, they are blockaded on the sides with land. And then the other alternative is the ocean, which they don't fucking control. Yep. So I just- And the air. And the airspace. And the air. And the airspace. And so what what I want to offer is that you do not need to be an expert and understand every detail and every nuance of the conflict that has been 75 years strong in this area, this important and small area of the world to understand our shared humanity. No one should be forced to live in the conditions that we just laid out. No one, right? You don't have to understand Islam. You don't have to understand Judaism. You don't have to abide by Christianity. What you have to do is think about yourself, your ability to get up and go, your freedom, and how for different groups in these United States, those freedoms have always been restricted, right? And so imagine if Jim Crow had never ended after a hundred years, and just got more modernized right. right, just got more embedded
3: more sophisticated
2: more sophisticated yeah. in our society. Think about that because that is the experience and i and again, I just I say to people like you don't we don't you don't you can be an expert in humanity, you can be an expert in empathy, you can be an expert in compassion
3: and and you and, and can, that
2: that would would matter No
3: that's that's very powerful and, and you know when people say go see both sides you know I've gone three times and I've I've talked studied see, you know there's christians in bethlehem there's druze there's people who are secular there's israeli leftists uh there's settlers uh you go to hebron and you see the jewish side of hebron and you and you yeah, sure. I know you've gone in the west bank and you see the palestinian side of hebron and like you said, you don't need to be an expert. You don't need to know the history books. You don't need to go back to sixty-seven. You don't need to go back to nope. forty-eight. You don't need to go back five thousand years. You look at that as an American, and you're like, "This is wrong." I mean, that is apartheid. It's in its apartheid, bleak situation. Two different laws for two different people. A small sliver uh, where whether you have like Jewish extremists, let's just call it for what it is, surrounded by the IDF who protect them and who pretty much encircle Palestinians and and, and I, I remember the darkness the, the the look on kids faces like once it went dark the electricity wasn't there the once bustling markets not there there's roads only for Jews i mean it is apartheid there's a reason why some of the most sober people have called it apartheid and you sit there and you go okay well in gaza which i have not visited it is worse folks mm-hmm. and so my, you know going back full circle when i said my fear is that If we collectively do not lean into our humanity and also with our privilege speak out, what we are complicit in is a groundhog state, because this, I hate to say it, folks, it is not new. Mm -mm. Uh, And sadly, sadly, it is not that unpredictable. What is shocking is the security lapse. What is shocking is the fact that Hamas was able to make the incursions. What is shocking Mm -mm. is the level of casualties that Israel has uh, sustained, which usually we're so numb because it's overwhelmingly disproportionately uh, yep. Palestinians, right? So, I mean, it, it's a shock to Israelis, right? And yep. what we found out now, and we're going to find out more, it's a complete failure of leadership because apparently Egypt warned Netanyahu <laughs> a, a week ago. Like, and he, he was tipped off. And again, I want to tell folks, all these people, all these folks who are these warmongers and hawks, what security did they bring Israel? What security did they bring Palestinians? My, my concern is, Daniel. Is that you know? And I hope I'm wrong, but this has happened again. I know what you.
2: I I literally. (laughs) If what you're going to say is what I'm thinking, go ahead. I'm next. The next
3: next two weeks are just going to be utmost brutality. Uh, My concern and fear is that the goodwill that Israel has gained from the international community will be squandered, probably by this weekend when they unleash hell on Gaza. Uh, We will see otherwise rational people go full genocidal on social media is what we're seeing. The United States instead of using its special relationship to finally tell Israel you need to f- do something about the occupation will instead kind of give it a carte blanche. Arab nations who don't give a shit about Palestinians who but who just, you know, once in a while pretend they do to rile up their base will try to again renormalize relationships without the occupa- uh, without solving the occupation and we will be sitting here in 2 years Revisiting this conversation because if you don't solve the occupation, this will persist. If you wipe out Hamas and you keep the same inhumane con- conditions, Danielle, what will happen? You know what will it happen? Will, something new else Hamas. will rise
2: in its place. A new Hamas. You know, and that—that that is the thing—is that I want. So I will say what I thought you were going to say. Oh, my bad. Because it's because it is a it is as you were speaking. It is a feeling that came like a chill. Um, in a cemetery. Egypt warned Netanyahu. And I want folks to think about a man that talks a lot about security Mm. and a lot about the need for it. Why wouldn't he take action when warned? Mm. One possible theory Because then it can be justification to unleash the hell that you have been dying and bloodthirsty to unleash and call it justified. Because in war, there are always going to be innocent civilian casualties. But if at the end of the day, you get the genocide that you have been calling for now openly, Hmm. then... What are a few lambs? Like, I think that, and I say this not from a place of knowing, but I say a leader that talks about security every time he's able to cash billions of dollars, and then you are warned that the very thing that you spend all your time thinking about is going to happen, and you take no action. You make no warning to your people? We're on code red or code orange or what have you? Be my you make no announcement? Why? Why?
0: Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from MacBlue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities. Healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country. Immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun. And candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts.
3: And we're going to find out. I think this is, you know, uh, Israelis are infuriated with Netanyahu. I mean, once if you... If They've you act- taken to the
2: streets. Yeah. We've, wa- we've... No,
3: even now, they're like, how could you have failed us? We are the greatest superpower in the Middle East. Like you said, we spend all our time, energy, money, technological expertise, in security. How could you fail us, especially when you were warned? And what we know from Haaretz is that in 2019... Uh, Netanyahu told his uh, cabinet, we need to embolden and support Hamas. Why? Because yeah. if you embolden and support Hamas, you make sure there's no Palestinian state and you isolate the Palestinians in the West Bank from the Palestinians in Gaza. And anyone who knows part of this history knows that originally Israel supported Hamas because back in the day, the threat was secular Arab nationalism. They wanted to eliminate the PLO. So like, aha, divide and conquer. Let's kind of support Hamas. And now look, the monster that they in part have helped enable and feed. You know, it, and this is, it's a strange way to say this, Daniel. It's Hamas is bragging. And actually, Hamas is not just bragging, but Hamas is shocked based on what we've heard that they were, quote unquote, so successful in this incursion. They didn't expect this. They said, okay, we'll, we'll inflict uh, some civilian casualties. We'll grab a couple of prisoners and we'll come back. This is what a cluster F of a security lapse that happened under the most right-wing regime uh, in Israel's history that has voluntarily sided with the most fascist people on earth, not just in Israel, but also in the United States, also in India, also in Europe, right? Perfectly fine with Trump, who is an open anti-Semite, who has literally dined with the leader of white nationalist Nick Fuentes. And they're like, you know what? Since you support Israel, we're good with you. Ah, the anti-Semitism that you unleash that makes Jewish life like miserable all around the world? Eh. Oh, the anti-Semitism and the hate and the, uh, the bigotry that you unleash? Eh, doesn't matter. In fact, what's important for people to know is the biggest supporters of Netanyahu in America aren't Jews, folks. White Christian nationalists. The biggest mm. Zionist group in America is KUFI, Christians United for Israel, led by Pastor John Hagee. If you go to Israel and you go to the West Bank settlements like I have, you will see buildings named after Pastor Hagee. And just to connect the dots for folks, how extremism begets extremism, how these fascist movements are tied, why do white Christian nationalists allegedly love Israel so much, especially when they don't seem to like Jews? Because if you know the story, the story goes like this. They believe that Jews need to control the Holy Land. It is a necessary prerequisite, Danielle, for the second coming of Jesus. And when Jesus comes back to establish the kingdom of heaven on earth, guess who are the first people that he allegedly kills? Jews and Muslims. So they're using Jews as a means to an end. Nanyahu says, eh, I don't believe these fairy tales, but I'll make this convenient marriage with extremists. And what has it wrought, Daniel? Look at this pain in front of, look at this tragedy, look at this ugliness. Extremism begets extremism. And I will, again, just want to reemphasize, folks, I know I sound like a broken record. It's the occupation. If you do not solve the occupation, Israel and the region and the United States is doomed to repeat this misery. And we are, we are doomed to sit here grieving, looking at the bodies of dead children, whom I hope, I hope all our listeners can agree, I don't care if you're Israeli, Jewish, Druze, Christian, Palestinian, Muslim, you see a dead baby, your heart should be in pain.
2: I mean, the, the thing, the only thing that I will add before we close um, is, folks, the world is in so much pain. We are in so much pain. And if we do not Put our collective humanity first and recognize that you cannot just pray for peace without justice as well, which is why Waj is saying that we need to do away with the occupation because when people are unable to self-determine, when people are unable to live free when people are unable right to live their few their full human lives you plant the seeds for violence and just as all white people are not maga and the clan i want people to understand that not all palestinians are hamas mm. Not all Muslims are terrorists. Not all black people are thugs and criminals. Like I need us to stop lumping people in because it's a quick fix. The reality is support Netanyahu.
3: And not all
2: Jews support the occupation and Netanyahu. Yeah. Right? And so we have to understand that there is a reason for propaganda that divides us and ask yourself why why you can look at one body that is desecrated and cry and feel pain and look at another and not because that is the grief that we feel the sadness that is that is spreading like a virus around this planet is because our humanness wants to connect with other humans. It is the politics and the greed and the capitalism and the racism and the bigotry and those in power that are working to divide us. Compassion and empathy and connectedness is the only way that we move forward. Amin. Thank you for listening to Democracy-ish. I'm Danielle Moody. I'm Wajahat Ali. I swear this ending is getting worse every week. Did (laughs) I say it? We will be back next week. Uh, If in fact, friends, uh, we have a country left. I don't know, inshallah, like legit pray about it.